Welcome to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast, where we explore the local arts culture in the Lehigh Valley. We'll be doing this through conversations with individual artists, administrators, and organizations. We'll explore all types of mediums with a goal of enriching local culture. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Lehigh Valley Arts Podcast. As always, I'm Ben. And I'm Elise. And we want to thank you for tuning back in. A few days ago, we had the opportunity to go down to the Joint Coffee Company. We did. Yeah. I, for one, had a very delicious Italian soda with lavender and sage. What did you get? I had my usual, uh, a cold brew with almond milk and actually I had lavender syrup added to it. It was very good. Nice. nice. I, I drink cold brew everywhere. So that was like high <laughs> on my list of best cold brews. <laughs> nice. But yeah, very good. But yeah. we didn't go down there just for the coffee. No, we did not. <laughs> uh, our guest this week uh, artist Michael Lebson, his work is exhibited, I suppose, indefinitely down at the Joint Coffee Company. So we got yeah. to see that in person, which is really awesome. We did. He has a number of pieces on display. And there's a couple other artists on display there as well. There are. So uh, Todd Juknovic, and I apologize, Todd, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but you had some amazing art down there that I really enjoyed. Um, there was one that was done. It was like a repetitive of up close faces, like baring their teeth. And I took so many pictures of that piece because I just loved it. In addition to Michael and Todd's pieces, there's a zine down there called The Shell of the Self of the Senses, which is a beautifully illustrated zine. And I would highly recommend checking it out. It's in the very, very back room on a coffee table. We're looking at the artwork on the wall and you picked it up. You're like, do you look at this yet? But yeah. So yeah, it was super cool. Well, we have a great conversation with Michael Lebson coming up. Elise, would you like to read through his bio? Absolutely. Michael Lebson is a painter and mixed media artist based in the Lehigh Valley. An early life surrounded by inspirational artistic women and creative friends led to an honors program BFA at Syracuse University. Living in New York after graduating enabled Michael to dive into the art world epicenter under the emerging artist Federico Solmi from 2011 to 2012. Tutelage from Aaron Anderson brought Lebson back to the Lehigh Valley in 2016 and has been an influence there ever since. With double-digit exhibitions and nearly 50 major paintings sold, Michael Lebson's mission of creating art that recognizes the most important equities of our time, racism, identity-based, economical, or ecological, is presented by the beauty of relatable subject matter in multiples, all having similar components painted to be unique yet equally vital to the overall fabric of the painting, conceptually and visually. The goal of each and every work he creates is to find some way for anyone in the world, of any age or background, to find something they connect with. Michael Lebson creates work that invites yet challenges at deeper inspection, the meaning of life, and how to make the world a better place with a genuine and positive approach, in the spirit of what art is meant to do, but with the goal to push what art can do even further. Technological developments in his work like 2D mixed media animations, 3D experimentation, VR immersion, and venturing into the growing NFT market increase the scope and reach of his artistic goals. Michael, thank you so much for coming in today. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> I think Ben and Elizabeth and I have been following your stuff on Instagram pretty closely, so it's cool to have the opportunity to talk to you in person. Thanks. I I'm excited myself. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm in for, but I'm excited to get into it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing a great job trying to maximize Instagram and the social media offerings that you can. I know that's one of the reasons that, that I love following your work so closely on there is because 
it seems like you're experimenting with all the new options that Instagram will give you every day, which Thanks. is super, super cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I feel like um, it's one of those things where I, I've, I've put myself in a position to sort of really dive in and really invest the time that I, I know is necessary to really get back what like you put into it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like, you know, in some ways I feel like my artwork does cater to certain elements that, that you just mentioned. Um, so it kind of worked out so to speak, where I, th I feel like the transition into that has been easier than I would have thought maybe. Mm. And, um, you know, the getting the returns, you know, it's, it's, it's slow. Um, but yeah, like I kind of went through a long phase where I wasn't really advertising or post, you know, posting marketing. I kind of, um, I was still making work, not quite as fast as I would have liked to. Um, uh, but I really, I'd say it was since the beginning of February where I really committed to posting once a day you know giving myself maybe a day on the weekend to yeah a day off type yeah. thing but that was more just me to create more work start posting again um yeah and i'm enjoying it i feel like uh when it comes to the uh you know obviously my paintings um i've tried to optimize how to present those um I've always, like, I, I graduated um, with a background in computer art, so, like, animation, yeah. video game engines, all that type of thing. So, I always really intended on my work to be, whether um, some sort of digital basis, 2D or 3D. Um, so, the animation thing, I always kind of wanted to do, but um, I never w really, like, committed to doing it and trying to do it mm. right um, up until recently. Um and yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Yeah. And then because of the experimentation, uh, because I've even forced myself to be in front of the camera, you mm -hmm. know, and that type of thing also, <laughs> um, I feel like, yes, I'm trying to do as much as I can. And I'm kind of, I'm unafraid of taking risks and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, if something doesn't work, like I won't share it, but mm. it feels like, you know, if you enjoy it and, you, and you're trying your best, usually something fun comes out of it, so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I loved seeing the the video with you in front of the camera um, the day after you got your first COVID vaccine. Yeah, <laughs> that was nice. super fun. And then I I thought the the popcorn animation was also stand out. Thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, the uh, so the yeah the um, vaccine shot one was uh, was was entertaining. I. Um, I drank a lot of coffee that day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, I was definitely, uh, I was very alert for that one. I, I definitely, uh, you know, practiced the lines multiple times, but I ended up, uh, you know, having fun with it. I, uh, the, the, the sticker props, the joint stickers worked out really nicely for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in the, uh, you know, post-production, the cutting room, uh, that was fun too. So I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, the popcorn video is actually an example of um, the translatability of my aesthetic. And I, yeah. trust me, I can, I've, I have things waiting in the wings, like things similar to that. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of ways to push that too. Um, and of course, I could present that not even as an animation. I could present that as, you know, a, like a still work too. I mean, there's a lot of things oh, I can do with that. So yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that one a lot also. Yeah, yeah. I loved how it was a departure from 
the paintings that you typically post, but still, like you just said, 100% within your aesthetic and the way that you present the grid on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Super cool. Yeah. we um, And I mentioned this when you came in too, but something with a lot of our interviewees that's been a theme is yeah. how people are using Instagram to represent themselves and everyone kind of has their own take on it. And yours is very branded and very, uh, very clean. But the other part of it too, that we talked, I think a little bit about with Keith was, um, the community aspect to Instagram and yeah. how even like the landing page is called the gallery page. And it really is almost like its own like personalized digital gallery. And I always see on there, like, I think anytime I've ever commented something, you'll reply like, thanks so much. That means a lot. And it's, it creates such a personal connection to yeah. the artwork and the artist. So I guess my question is, who are you interacting with? Is it usually people, you know, is it people that are just finding your stuff on Instagram because it's on Instagram? Honestly, I try to interact with everybody. <laughs> I, I, I really do. I mean, I know that's not really possible. And as time goes on, you know, things change. Like, you know, the, maybe there was somebody that you had a deep interaction with back and forth and it kind of like fades away or something. But um, I, just in a general sense, just like my artwork where it's multiples, the beauty of multiple people, multiple things. Um I, tr it's, I try to put as much time into it as I possibly can. Um, so, you know, you're not going to, you can't comment on everything, but like, you know, if I have an insightful thing to say to somebody, um, you know, if I think of it quick enough, like I'll do it. Or if I, if I see a post, I might think of something and go back to it later. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe in our work and I believe in the people that do it. Um, so, you know, I, I have nothing to lose by, mm -hmm giving somebody, you know, a compliment or, you know, something insightful, or at least I think it might be insightful. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy that part. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes in our social media world, um, some people can get sort of, you know, they, they might feel like it's overwhelming or that, you know, they, they wish things were like the way they used to be or, you know, things like that. And, um, I, I've, I'm just of the mindset. I'm trying to embrace it as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think the community part really does make a difference. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, somebody might not be able to buy a painting of yours or buy a video of yours or whatever it is, but it is like currency in a way to, you know, have somebody say publicly, you know, they stamp in whatever way they can, like, Oh, I like this. Um, totally. so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I enjoy, I enjoy that. Yeah. Well, I'd love, I'd love to hear about your process um, for all of it, but particularly your paintings and working in multiples. So the interesting thing I think is I, I didn't start painting until I believed in exactly what I was trying to do. Mm. So for me, um, I was like making paintings and stuff like high school, college, all that type of thing. But in college um, at Syracuse, so the computer art department was in like sort of like a smaller subset of the art school at Syracuse. Mm -hmm. um, so ours was like a little more like experimental. It was, it was called the transmedia department. The normal Ooh. one that had like graphic <laughs> design, you know, illustration, all that. That was like their big school, highly reputable. Like a, it's a great art school. Um, so ours was a little more, you know, like niche based, that type of thing. And the head 
of the transmedia department there. Um, they were art video artists um, from Canada. It was um, mm-hmm. Emily Vade Duke and Cooper Battersby. And um, I just remember it, 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 it always stuck with me, I, you know, and I think I had the predisposition growing up, like caring about other people, or at least trying my best, that type of thing. One of the things that they kept, they, and they would, you know, some of the classes, independent study things, like they would just, they said it often was anybody can critique your artwork through any lens that they like. Mm. And, um, that really stuck with me because it made me realize to think about every angle of my, of my work before, you know, feeling good about it. Like if I, if there was, if there was, if there was something that I could picture somebody feeling like, you know, like they could rule out the work as being like, you know, too based on yourself or if it was Hmm. insensitive or naive or like um, ignorant towards Hmm. something, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, that type of stuff matters to me. Like, and I'm talking as simple as like, if there's a certain color combination that doesn't, that in some context, you know, is insensitive or makes light of something or hints at something Hmm. from some viewpoint that matters to me. So, you know, Hmm. and I know you can't, be right every time. Um, but I, I try to, um, so really like I didn't start painting these paintings until I guess it was my final year at Syracuse. So I think that was 2010. That was when I like the first paintings were started. Now, mm. Some of those first paintings weren't finished until 2012. Um, <laughs> One of the first two paintings, actually, I didn't finish until 2018. Kind of just sat around. I always knew like where I wanted to go with it. It's actually the one, the animation. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. So that was one of them where like you could see the, I don't have pictures of it now, but um, yeah, like that painting stood in like a certain state for about six years before I started working on it again. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, regarding the process- the idea of taking myself out of it as much as I can was always part of it. And I feel like the way for me to represent people or nature technology, like current themes of our time, even back Mm -hmm. then, 2010 was to do something like simple, abstract, but relatable sort of elements. Yeah. Um, and for me, that just makes sense. Um, because you know, I think uh, you can connect with some random part of it. Like if somebody just likes the color palette, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great start. Somebody might like the shape, might remind somebody of something. Um, I think when it comes to then having the multiples, but also having uniqueness within each, within mm. each one, it, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it creates depth if you want to look at it longer. Definitely. Where it, it's easy, like it, like it, it looks easy, like if you just glance at it mm-hmm. and it can sort of fit somewhere, um, but like you know, it has a lot of depth and staying power too. Yeah. Now, of course, the subject matter can also change the <laughs> level of impact, of course, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's very cool. And I thanks. I didn't know about your education background. Yeah. And I think the first time I came across your stuff on Instagram, I looked at it and I. Th- immediately assumed oh it's digital art like i it's just so clean and so um 
like geometric, even writing the description for your stuff. I was like looking up like geometry terms to make sure I was saying stuff correctly. Um, But then the more I looked at it, I was looking at the variations in each of the rectangles and I looking closer and zooming in and Instagram's kind of small, but um, zooming in and going, Oh, there's like paint brush lines here, like very faint, you know? And, and then obviously read the caption and it says it's a painting, but just the, the visual aesthetic of it is such a nod to your education background too, in mm-hmm. like an art and digital media kind of design work, but it's very clean. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I try to go for like a imperfectly perfect type thing. Um, like, honestly, I actually don't really know too much about geometry and all that type of thing, but I feel like just from a simplicity standpoint, you're talking about fundamental shapes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it ends up being, um, you know, sort of like, uh, like inevitably it ends up being geometric and concept and stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. I enjoy actually the idea where you can identify it, like no matter what level of education you might have or where you're from, mm-hmm. um, and then see like there's like an organic element to it, and I and so I've always kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's almost like starting one of my paintings is the easiest thing in the universe because I have infinite block ideas. You know what I mean? But actually, <laughs> yeah. you know, coming up with the painting itself is the impossible part. So <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Well, let's get into this one, the blue blocks one. Um, So I'll describe a little bit the the shape and then you can explain the animation or I can read what you sent in. But it's kind of a almost like a rounded white rectangle for the outside and then a lighter blue, a dark blue and all kind of narrows in towards the center. And then it almost looks like a fish tank filled up about three quarters and there's like a light blue color with a a black strip uh, of, I guess, negative space. Um, but this one is special because it's turned into one of those kind of animation pieces. Um, and what you had written was really good for that. So I'll pull that up too. All right. So this first one, it's selected blue blocks. Um, it's a five second looping animation and Michael recommends you turn on the looper repeat setting. Um, the original painting is titled blue blocks. Is that correct? Yes. And it's 30 by 40 inches acrylic on canvas. And then the animation is a close-up of photos of individual blocks taken of the 90 total blocks from the painting and sequenced into linear animation. Um, it's four seconds and 23 frames at 30 frames per second. Well, usually we wait till the end to plug your Instagram, but if you're listening and you'd like to to look at it as we chat about it, um, you can pull up Michael's Instagram. It's at Michael Lebson. Yeah, I, this is very, I get very much the water feel with this. I don't know if that was the intention. Well, honestly, see that that's where the dynamic of these animations comes into play. And it's new for me too. Um, Of course, the actual painting, the, like the block composition individually, Mm. like it has, I I always knew like if it's a, if it's blue, it's going to kind of look like water. If I do the, like how you said, like the sort of three quarters full thing of a, you know, enclosed shape that's sort of implying glass or some sort of like physical container mm-hmm. thing. Again, I, it's a, I'm always hinting at things, but I never like want it to be exactly something. Mm. Um, yeah. But when you put it in as an animation, so it's, yeah, it's a grid of nine by 10. Um, but when you actually put them in an animation, like stack them on top of each other, the water level thing 
becomes very apparent in that painting. And, you mm-hmm. know, like I said, I started that painting in 2012. I never intended on seeing it in this context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was really the one that I really um, enjoyed um, as far as like the early ones that I was turning into animations because I realized, you know, there's so much you can do, um, whether it's doing a painting with maybe having animation in mind in general in the future or, you know, sort of working in reverse, like mm-hmm. having an animation that you can turn into a painting too, mm-hmm. like the uh, the popcorn. Yeah, like the popcorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this one was very exciting. And um, when it comes to the actual, uh, you know, the integrity of the painting itself, I feel like with a lot of these animations, I enjoy the fact that most of like the aesthetic or quality of the video or the animation is from the painting itself already. Mm-hmm. So I try to maintain the integrity of that and it kind of keeps it more like organic and natural. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a lot of fine tuning and a lot of adjustments, a lot of, of masking, a lot of all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I really enjoy this piece. This actually, as far as paintings go, um, this is one of those paintings that doesn't read very well in a photograph mm-hmm. because there's just so much detail and minutia. Right. Um, you know, yeah. I, I worked on this painting for a very long time. <laughs> um, and it's one of those yeah. things where you, especially with Instagram, how you said it, it, it compresses the photos and you can't really zoom in that well. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so I actually kind of have dealt with that with a lot of my older pieces, um, like this one, because I, this is my favorite painting probably. And, um, I feel like that's the other thing this animation does is you can see the the blocks up close. Yeah. And uh, you get to see the movement and the nuance and the details. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I figured that was a good one to, you know, share with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. I, your work is, I'll keep using the word geometric, even though I don't really like it. But. um Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, it makes sense. But with that piece, with any of your pieces. And it, it becomes the organicness of it becomes more evident with the animation, but you could measure and ensure that each of the blocks that you do in any of your pieces are exactly the same tone and shade and size, but you don't. And that's why I really like the animation part because you do get the very, it's not so subtle variation when you see it in the animation form, but yeah. When you see the animation and go back and look at the painting, I think you definitely, definitely the, notice it more. Yeah, the imperfect parts of the imperfectly perfect. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's again. So, like, obviously, uh, no, I, I feel like I know a decent amount about art history, but not that much. Um, like, if I were to do exactly perfect line work and all that type of thing, I mean, there's artists that really did that, and probably, you know. Um, went as far as, uh, you know, they could have gone, um, or like, you know, there's nothing I really could have added like, uh, you know, Frank Stella, mm. um, you know, there's all sorts of artists from back then, Sola Witt, um, where I kind of knew the whole basic shape thing. Yeah. I needed to really, from a visual standpoint, make it different. Of course, multiples, I mean, you know, start with Andy Warhol. I mean, you know, the idea of multiples then is already something visually that isn't new, unique or anything either. Yeah. Um, so for me, because like the idea of trying to make the painting sort of 
represent the idea of the beauty and uniqueness of people in an abstract way so it's more relatable Mm -hmm. it kind of just worked out where like all three of those things simple shapes multiples and my way of making relatable pieces um for anybody to connect with it kind of just worked out so you know like hard edge geometric paintings you know i do respond to work like that um, you know, I follow a lot of those hashtags and all that type of thing. I, I and um, you know, I love that type of work. But yeah. for me, I'm intentionally not doing that. And um, I'm sure there will come a time where I do a painting where it's meant to be exactly, you know, that type of thing. But um, in time, maybe it'll happen tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. And you posted recently with the magnets. Yes. And that has been particularly fascinating to me as well. I'd love to hear about how that idea came to you in the first place. The The idea of trying to expand my work as far as like, you know, materials, reach, uh, you know, price points, I guess, uh, all that yeah. type of stuff. Um, you know, again, a lot of these things are things that I sort of had in mind a long time ago. Um, again, simple shapes. Uh, you can you know, have those printed, uh, pretty easily, like individually, the idea of like whatever material it being on, as far as like it either being suitable for a certain type of market, or if you're trying to keep it more like in the high art realm. Um, so the, the, uh, the magnet idea, you know, I've had it in, in mind for a while, but a lot of it was sort of like R and D testing things out and stuff like that. But the, the idea that I can make full on paintings, with magnets. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the things I don't want to talk about specifically quite yet, um, because I actually, the, uh, the piece that I, uh, the sneak peek piece, it's in the process of being registered for copyright. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is awesome. Um, and I would like to have it, uh, registered just, you know, cause it's a, it's a combination of like a a bunch of different things wrapped into one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm still waiting on that. So yeah, like the magnets themselves. I mean, I just, all of this stuff also crosses on productivity too, where like me doing the animations, that's me taking the close-up shots of the, of the blocks, which I can use for prints. All the stuff works like in this, like in tandem for uh, the same goal. Yeah. So, um, the magnets, if I just have beautiful high res photos that like I color correct, clean up, you know, all that type of thing. Yeah. Um, once they're printed, you know, then I can make the imperfect, perfect, uh, thing happen again with the way I cut them. Um, you know, where like the, the borders are wobbly, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, uh, so the, the surfaces as far as making them like real paintings, that's the part that I don't want to talk about yet. Cause that's sort of in production, Yeah. but the idea that I can, you know, sell these individually as like, you know, cool, you know, gifts or, you know, just random things to pick up for your car or refrigerator. Yeah. Um, yeah so it, it kind of works all along the way, but yeah. keeping in mind, like the level of quality to make sure that they can be used all the way up and down, like the mm-hmm. price point scale. Yeah. If you have to call it that. Yeah. Um, the accessible yeah. medium and then. Yeah. The- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that accessible medium is what has drawn me to it so much is it's cool that you can scale it up or scale it down depending on what you have available to give. And 
there are so many people out there that want to support artists and they simply don't have the means to buy a $1,500 painting at the cheapest and going on from there. Yeah. So it's it's really fascinating to me when artists decide to create something from the beginning yeah. at a more accessible price point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like the $1,500 painting, but... Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, and I enjoy that too. I mean, my... Again, just like my artwork is meant to be accessible from a visual standpoint, like to take it in. Um, so I also feel like having that literally from a cost perspective, that's equally as important. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the magnet thing is a great example of that. And I have other things of that ilk coming in the future, too. So that's super exciting. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Everybody keep an eye out for it. Yes. <laughs> You also shared with us a painting. So this piece that you shared, it's titled Alternating Blocks, done in 2021 by Michael Lebson. It's acrylic on canvas, and it's 36 by 48 inches. This piece consists of a black background and 16 rectangular blocks stacked 4 by 4 Each of the blocks is painted in a way that forces the shape off of the 2D canvas. The layers of the blocks start with a grayish-blue rectangle with a light-blue rectangular prism over the top. The appearance is such that the inner part of the prism is cut out, leaving only a thin, light blue frame around the perimeter. Inside the frame is an alternating corner pattern of yellow and red. However, the blocks are not all the same pattern. Each is done in the same style, with either the pattern of yellow and red switching, or the corner pattern pointing towards a different exterior corner of the rectangle. This piece is currently on display at the Joint Coffee House in downtown Bethlehem. So, um, in addition to michael's instagram you can go and check it out there mm -hmm. yeah i thanks. honestly think this is one of my favorite um favorite pieces of yours thanks i'm very much a yellow and red person <laughs> yeah. and i just the color is very commanding i really like it thank you um actually you know what Th that painting uh so like the, the uh the yellow and red uh, combination that's one of those things that i from the v 10 years ago I always knew that that was like one of the major sort of patterns I wanted to use in paintings and I've, I was kind of saving it. Mm. Um, and yeah, so here it is 10 years later. Um, and uh, yeah, like I feel like that's a great example of a, pri a primary color palette. Mm. I feel like a lot of times when it comes to my work, I'm always trying to pick like the most expansive, broad, um, you know, sort of way to connect with people and it inevitably the primary colors generally win out consistently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I feel like that painting hits a lot of things that I enjoy. It, it, it's a, uh, it, the structure is pretty, you know, strong in that one. I do like the commanding presence, like how you sort of said, um, like I enjoy that. Uh, but I also tried to scale it back just enough with the, um, the intensity of the colors. I try to bring it back just enough where like it still, you know, has a presence to it, but it's not like distracting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not like stoplight red or. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in a lot of ways, I really, I know I said the blue blocks painting and there's actually a, some other paintings that I have my own personal connection with, but as far as out of my 36 by 48 paintings, as opposed to the 30 by 40 inch paintings, <laughs> that's definitely my favorite of my larger paintings. Nice. Um, yeah. That's super cool. Thanks. You definitely seem to have a, a slow burn mentality to your to your artwork, um, whether it be 
from a visual standpoint, looking at it or from the creation standpoint? Because you said some of these ideas you've been sitting on for 10 years and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. I believe in our work. I believe in what it can do. Um, so a lot of the slow burn is because I want my artwork to have staying power. Like I want you mm. to be able to look at it and I want it to, you know, either be easy for you to look at for a very long time, or I want it to be able to like challenge you for a very long time too. Like where you can always find something new or different in it or. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, as far as almost every single decision, because it is just a collection of small, simple decisions. I pretty much know every single millimeter on there. Yeah, of course. And I, and I care <laughs> and I, you know, like sometimes a, a random dot, you know, when I put it down, I'll, I'll look at it for a while. And if it, if, if it bothers me, you know, I'll erase it and I'll try again and I'll just keep doing that over and over. I mean, a lot of mm. my artwork is almost like uh, sculpting just layers and layers. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of times tiny decisions can add exponential amounts of time to the actual creation too. Like, mm -hmm. you know, nudging a line over means I have to go over every single thing on every single block in that same spot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the slow burn thing, I feel like that that's part of my aesthetic visually, but I do enjoy feeling like I'm in command of what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And the slow burn thing I think is important for visual art. So yeah. I'm glad that you noticed that. Yeah. I think it was like a month or two ago, but there's actually an international holiday that some museum came up with it, but it's called slow art day. And it's where amount of time that someone will look at a painting or look at a piece of art in a museum is like under 20 seconds. Yeah. So slow art day pushes the idea of standing and looking at something for 30 seconds. Mm. And then there's all these prompts that go with it. Like look for something hmm. um, imperfect or look for this or look yeah. for that. Awesome. Um, and that was around the time when I started kind of looking at your stuff on Instagram. So I got really excited because yeah. I started like digging and looking at stuff and looking at corners and then not too much longer after that, uh, we were in here doing the podcast and Ben said, have you heard of Michael Lebson and stuff on Instagram? It's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have actually. <laughs> so yeah, nice. I, I like that slow burn, slow burn kind of artwork. Yeah. It has nice. a, keeping that in mind, it has a very Rothko feel to it where it's something that you can look at and then walk away from. But if you look at it and keep looking at it, it will keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper and very methodical in his plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's uh Rothko is one of those artists where it's undeniable that he, like what he, he makes very emotional, powerful, moving works mm. where I try my best to emulate the level of mm. sort of emotion that you can get. Like he's one of the, I mean, he's, he, yeah. he's amazing at it. Yeah. So I definitely have him in mind when I'm working on artwork. And there's a few artists like that, but he, for the, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to make a meaningful piece. Yeah. He's, and that's a very important part for me. So he's a very important artist for me too. Definitely. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I have to laugh because you, <laughs> we have panels in the podcast studio. They're like sound panels. And when you said Rothko, Michael like gestured to the panel. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's the yeah. first thing I thought of when I walked in. Yeah. Here. It's yeah. funny because you're not the first person that has referenced the panels while we're sitting here talking. We had an artist in here and 
she was sitting where Ben's sitting and she kept pointing at the panels while she was talking. And yeah. she goes, I'm sitting here pointing at them as if they're a canvas kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, we're just sitting yeah. here talking about artwork and it's insane how someone's creative mind just push it to that. Like it's a canvas or it's, it's a piece of art in itself, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Cause the way the lighting is hitting these, it kind of looks like Rothko paintings. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on the sides in between them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the space. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's I, so funny. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, kind of tying back to what you mentioned with the meticulousness, are you the type of person that if something doesn't fit the style or fit the aesthetic, you kind of just leave it and it's never seen? Or do you always kind of fix it and push through? I've definitely painted over paintings before. Usually... That was that was generally in the past, maybe like the first three or four years I was really painting. Because uh, really, if if you start with something that has some sort of foundation, I mean, you can get to where you want to go from it no matter what mm. anyway. Like I was saying before, there's there's a lot of options that I have starting out with a painting. So even if like the painting isn't going in the direction that like I initially thought, mm. a solution quickly reveals itself. Mm. Um, and honestly, sometimes painting over paintings, I don't mind either because as long as the actual visual texture is still appealing, Mm. I don't mind that layer of depth. Um, so generally I, I usually will finish a canvas. It might not be the painting that I wanted it to be. Mm. Um, but you know, the, the level of finish and the meticulousness element from a visual standpoint also varies too. Um, Trust me, if I was able to make sort of gestural versions of these, which I've, I mean, I, I do it a lot. A lot of times my, my underdrawings <laughs> can look just as good or better than sometimes finished paintings, you know, in a way. But it's like I don't trust myself to actually release that. Mm. They got to be, you know, I mean, they got to be perfect in that own way. Like I got to make sure that the actual like, you know, strokes of the brush stroke, like are exactly right then too. So mm-hmm. I'd be like tightly fixing a brush stroke, like within a brush stroke. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, generally there's no painting that goes wasted. Um, and you know, I enjoy that part too. Yeah. It gives me a connection to the piece then in, in whatever way it ends up being. So you said believing in yourself as an artist yeah, and believing in the power of art. And at the beginning, you mentioned understanding and believing in your mission. I'd yes. love to hear you talk more about what that looks like for you. My mom, she was an artist. She painted when I was growing up. Her and my dad, they essentially, she started a like an artwear and clothing business. Hmm. And um, it was uh, essentially like shirts, t-shirts, sweaters, cardigans, button-up shirts, where they would take uh, fabric and that, you know, they would apply it to the shirts and then they would paint like the borders and like certain details and elements. A lot of my aesthetic actually comes from that because a lot of the shirts were sort of like centered and like sort of perfect, imperfect compositions of the different, mm. you know, subjects, whatever it was. I mean, a lot of them were floral designs. Some of them were like, you know, sun and moon designs, stars, that type of thing. Um, you know, boats, uh, cowboy boots i mean all sorts of things where <laughs> yeah. like you know they were arranged in such a way and then they had like these 
sort of glitter, like gold or silver paint borders. And then like, you know, if there was sort of like a pattern on the boots, they would like put, you know, dots of paint on it in certain spots or like little like sort of squiggly lines. Um, and then there would be like sort of, uh, sort of aesthetic elements added to the outsides of them where like, you know, sort of like curved lines with like little points at the end. Um, and I genuinely sort of identified with that. I mean, she was a mom too, and she was busy. She had other jobs also. So, I mean, she, uh, you know, from an artistic standpoint, I always believed in her artwork also. Yeah. Um, and they did that from, I think it was, I think it was 89 to 2001. Um, you know, just different jobs sort of like, and we, we were older at that point. I think 2001, I must've been 14 or something like that. I, we were a little bit older, so, yeah. um, you know, just times like it was just time for the business to end, but they would actually, they actually made money doing that. They would, it was, awesome. uh, they would go to the Pocono bazaar. It was a flea market nice. in the Poconos. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, but yeah, it was, it was actually an awesome environment too. I know when I was younger, I kind of dreaded it sort of thing. Cause like, it was like an hour <laughs> drive there and back and yeah. then you're like at this place on the weekend, but you know, looking back on it, I mean, it was, uh, you know, an amazing environment, a lot of awesome people, a lot of creative people, of course, that would yeah. have things there. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things that sort of defined my life. If we're really, if we're starting from the very beginning, like the core of it all. I believe in equality in every facet. I care about people. I want everyone to have the same opportunities that everybody else has. I want underprivileged people from whatever background or, you know, history that they might have. Um, I want everybody to, you know, live like the life that they deserve to live. Mm -hmm. So if we're, you know, if we're starting from the very beginning, being more of an activist. That's not one of those things that I'm afraid of doing. It, I, I need to do that, all that type of thing. So as far as the art goes, um, that is me trying to do that as much as I can. Mm -hmm. When I say that I like doing multiple relatable subject matter, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, it gives the idea of individualism of something, that collection of something that has similar mm -hmm. constituents. So, I mean, obviously yeah. there's 16 people in a room there's basic elements that everybody, you know, has, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a heartbeat, uh, you know, a face. And then it's the individualism that, you know, is what makes everybody beautiful and unique and special. So yeah. really I, that's, that's one of the things about my artwork that's very hard for me to break. Obviously I would enjoy doing a sort of uh you know, like a landscape of something I care about or this, that, or the other thing. And I'm not saying I never will. But I just need to make sure that like my core mission or my goals are clear. And yeah. I still think, you know, I haven't necessarily proven that to the world yet. Not at all. So I'm definitely very committed to proving what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, that definitely matters to me because I believe in art. I, I care about it. I care about what I'm trying to say. I feel like, you know, there is a little bit of a, of a disconnect. Maybe if you look at my artwork, you might not know that. Um, but it's also because I don't want my artwork to be on the nose. Like yeah. I want it to be nuanced also, sure. yeah. which is a small element of you have to be in the context of the art to know that. And, you know, that's one of those things I kind of wish my artwork was even more universal too. I mean, so that's another dynamic I play with all the time. I mean, there will come a time where I might do more overt art 
about certain topics. Mm-hmm. Um, I take into account my background, the the fortune that I have of my upbringing and, you know, how I've had it easier than a lot of people based on all sorts of things. I, this is a, an art podcast. I mean, gender, skin color, all that type of stuff. I mean, that's stuff that I think about every second when I'm painting. I don't want to take things for granted. And I, I try to recognize that and share that with others. How I want my artwork to be about everybody else. The mission actually, yes. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because it is very clear. And that's one of those things that if I try not to be stubborn or rigid about my artwork, some people will ask me like, is this like a series that you're working on? Are you going to change it? And I'm like, <laughs> well, in a sense, uh, yes, it's more that the core mission of my artwork, given everything. Mm. And like what I just said to both of you, that's not, every, I mean, that's not even everything, but like yeah. subject matter can change, but like multiple similar, but different. And the beauty of everything individually and connected mm-hmm. definitely is going to be a part of it. I've never heard a visual artist describe their work as mission driven but i really like that because i think your work does convey a very direct sense of continuity and clarity while also like you said the imperfections representing individual people and i there there definitely is nuance you said i want there to be nuance and there absolutely is Hmm. yeah i i love the sense of universalism that your pieces give off especially in the context of one another as well. I like the fact that you can look at my artwork in a row and like there is like a cohesion across each canvas too. Just like how the similar but different kind of works out on the on a per piece basis. There's so many different things in our world, you know? So like every group of, you know, 16 people or 16 trees or 16 buildings, like whatever it is. I mean, they're they're so different from one's like, you know, grouping to another too. So, you know, there's, there's so much for me to explore as an artist as well. It makes me enjoy creating new work. Um, painting them is very stressful sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's fun. Definitely. And stressful and fun. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could be an artist if I didn't, genuinely believe in what I'm trying to do, I would have, I I would do something else because I don't love painting. Like in the, like, Mm. that's not what drives me. It's me feeling like I am taking a concept, a mission, and I'm executing it into a piece of artwork. Mm. Um, So that's what I enjoy. I enjoy being an artist, not necessarily a, a painter. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That's almost like a writer's perspective on things. Like you have this mission, this thought behind what you do. And similar to a writer, you focus less on the process and so much on just conveying the mission. It sounds very similar to us talking about how we want to deal with aspects of the show. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we were talking about, <laughs> oh, well, why don't we do this episode here instead of here? Well, because if we do it here, we're glorifying ourselves too much. But if we do it there, we're making it about the artist, which is why we're doing the show in the first place. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, those decisions and having that mission can help inform and make the best, the best decisions for both yourself and the artwork. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like that's one of those things where I can always, dr- I can fall back to that and it, and it, 
as you can imagine, these, these some of these paintings are, are labyrinths. So like I do, I do need a sort of like a, a base where I can go back to that, like help make decisions like that and stuff too. Yeah. Um, and it keeps the artwork consistent. It keeps the mission consistent, which is, you know, what I care about. Like how I said, like, I don't want to sort of deceive people. I don't want to talk a certain way and then have my artwork not really do what I'm trying to say either. Mm. Yeah. All that type of thing. So like, it really makes it so you can really get deep into a decision. Um, but that's the part that I enjoy. Like I enjoy, like I'm talking like sort of abstract visualization right now, but like if I'm like 20 steps into some sort of, if then of where to go or what to do about a given, you know, part of a painting or anything involving the painting. Yeah. I enjoy the fact that like, it's a conscious decision. I love hearing that from you also. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Attention to detail, you know, it, it, it matters. It yeah. can matter. It can matter. It it definitely can matter. Yes. Exactly right. <laughs> it needs to be purposefully done. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Everyone go work on your mission statements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Your mission and vision. That's necessary. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of an ever-changing world, I got to meet you virtually <laughs> oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago yes. in a completely virtual reality gallery space. Yes. That was wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so our former guest and a colleague and friend of Michael's, Tyrone Webb, uh, had set up a virtual gallery space in Spatial, which was very cool. We all... I was in Emmaus, you guys were in Bethlehem, put on our headsets and did like a little virtual gallery tour. Yep. Is that something that you're kind of interested in, that like expanding technology? I know you mentioned your minted NFT work. and Yeah, Tyrone has really, um, like I've been working with him, him and Kate, Kate Hughes. Um, they uh, they started this uh, like little group five months ago, I think. And, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, we're just creative people trying to do creative things. And like, it's kind of just leading in multiple directions, uh, that thing at that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so yeah, we met in, uh, in spatial. And so in a lot of this NFT world, which is, you know, happening and it's been happening, but I think it's, it's, it got bigger in probably in the last half year to a year, but yeah. So Tyrone has really been diving deep into, uh, that whole world. And, so have I. The virtual gallery um, concepts, whether it's NFTs or not, you know, there's so much, I mean, there's so much to talk about. I have an Oculus Quest 2 and Spatial is one of those examples where it's like Zoom, but like in 3D. Mm -hmm. So you can actually meet people in a space, look at things, sort of interact. It's exciting. So as artists, it's very interesting because concurrently with all of this other stuff in art, the NFTs and what they mean and what they can do for artists is, uh, is, is incredible. So it kind of makes sense that in a more like digital based art market, mm -hmm. there's a virtual reality sort of setting to actually interact with these and meet with people globally, um, share artwork that's either purchased almost as like a museum or sharing art that's for sale. There's so many things that you can go yeah. and do with that. Um, and, we're, you know, we're working on a bunch, bunch of new things, you know, every day. Of course, 
everything changes daily too. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the wild west, but it's exciting. (laughs) Um, and I'm enjoying it. I, uh, I minted four NFTs actually was, well, it was just a few days ago. Um, again, I've been doing a lot of research on it and, uh, sort of like looking at the different marketplaces, all that type of thing. But I figured I kind of just had to dive in because like, there's so many things that you wouldn't even think of wondering or questioning until you actually had them made. So I'm learning a ton every day and I've got a lot of great contacts and people that are helping me. Um, and then, you know, with, Tyrone and uh, Kate Hughes um, and myself and, you know, everybody else that's part of that group. We we have a great foundation for exploring this like new world together. Yeah. Again, I've done a lot of research on like, you know, the market and the, you know, and everything that goes into that. My artwork is, it, it translates into the digital realm easily, whether it's because of the content or aesthetic, but as far as like animating it, um, turning these paintings into animations, it actually, it creates, um, sort of a separate work that stands on its own. Cause that's the goal of these animations is that I, in theory, want them to stand on their own. Mm. Um, it gives me the opportunity to still have the physical piece. Again, you can, you can actually have the paintings, the physical paintings tie in with an NFT. There's so, yeah. I mean, every option is available, of course, but for me. I can make, I can take a painting and push it that much further in a way that I couldn't have done it physically. Yeah. And now there's a place to share those, like sell those. So, I mean, for me, I, there's, there's no, I mean, it works out perfectly almost. I'm not saying that I'm going to, you know, like it's going to fly off the shelves or anything like that. I mean, I, cause I just, I just minted these things like three days ago. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of research and all that type of thing and, you know, working, with it, with a lot of people, but, um, so for me, it's just, it's an, it, it feel it work, kind of works out great. It gives me the opportunity to actually take the risks as far as time goes to really do some greater, bigger projects yeah. than I'm with like full intent of being purely NFTs mm-hmm. potentially. And just for, for those listening, when you say minted, would you mind explaining that a little bit? Minting just means it's, it's converting it into uh cryptocurrency so it exists on the blockchain perfect yeah 20 30 years ago you would not have had to worry about social media presence or minting your nfts or building virtual galleries for your stuff but i think if you're really on top of what's going on and what's popular and that's a huge part of being an artist nowadays even the social media stuff at the very core of it is like it's crazy how much you do have to be invested in that technology and yeah. that those platforms. I definitely enjoy the community element of it. So I, f- I feel like I've sort of grown comfortable within it. Mm. Um, and, you know, all it could, a new piece of technology could change all that, of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we're all in it together. Absolutely. As creative <laughs> people in any facet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I feel like trying to, trying to live in spite of it or try to, you know, trying to spread awareness of your work or other people's work in spite of all the things that are sort of like being presented to us. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. So I figure yeah. embrace it and be positive and, you know, yeah. good things will come in return. Yeah. 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 So Michael, yes. <laughs> if people would like to look at your work, buy your work, what is the best way to get in contact with you? 
feel like the core is it, is Instagram, I think, fundamentally. That's at Michael Lebson. Yes. And they can direct message you. That's all right. Yeah, that's <laughs> the easiest way. And then the NFT website that you referenced, it's foundation.app backslash Michael Lebson. And then the other one is sachiart.com slash Michael Lebson. You said it much better than I was trying to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was good. Yes. Very good. I am on other platforms too. Mm. Um, but Instagram is probably the you know the best way. Um, I I am on. It's called Foundation. That's that's the marketplace that my NFTs are on. Um, but you know that's one of those things that can change. Also, so Instagram is the foundation. I am on Sachi Art. But yeah, Instagram. Yeah, that yeah that, that that's the one. Let me. I should probably just say it again. Yes, I'm on Instagram. I mentioned it before, but your work is also on display at the joint. At correct, yes. mm-hmm. yeah, which is here in Northside Bethlehem. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. and they are very good to me there. They enjoy my work, and I'm. And I, it seems like I'm sort of just. I have a presence there. I love doing my my videos there and stuff like that. And I've got a couple more on the horizon that I think will be funny too. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, I love coffee, and I and I love getting to display my artwork. So it's you know the perfect place for me. Yeah, I should just live there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, their coffee's the best in the Lehigh Valley and, uh, yeah. And they let me show artwork there. So you can't go wrong with that place. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool beans. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wait, get it? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that was perfect. Well, right. thank, thank you. you so much for coming on today. We appreciate your time and your story. Hey, yeah. thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, this was a tremendous experience for me. And uh, man, I enjoyed every second of it. Yeah, it was fun. And that was our conversation with Michael Lebson. You might have noticed a little bit earlier in the episode, Michael spoke to his mother and grandmother and how they were huge inspiration and big supporters of his work. So this episode is dedicated to Marianne Lebson. And here's a few words from Michael in honor of her. One of the major people in my life that have defined and helped guide like where I am as an artist is uh, is my is my mom, Marianne Lebson. She had a background in working in special education departments, in nursing homes, um, in hospice. So she, you know, she always cared for others. But as a mother, she cared about us deeply. I'm I'm one of uh, four brothers, and um, up and up until you know a week ago, I mean, she was being a mom for us and. Uh, I'll never forget her. Um, I want to make her proud each and every day. I think being an artist and trying to live that artist's life, I probably made it difficult on her sometimes. Um, But I think she always believed in me and what I was trying to do. Um, And it's all for her. Um, she, she She was an amazing person, you know, and I'll never forget her.